Cheery Cleary and the Sundown Mystery. When I came across Oreo, he was, once again, pondering life's mysteries. That was what I most loved about Oreo. We were best friends in life, but also best friends in our love for solving a mystery. But I can't begin to tell you about our current mystery until I tell you about our morning. I was dreaming something I just love to do because it takes me away to such interesting places. And in this dream, I was fighting a giant hamburger. It had invaded my home and dripped ketchup on everything as it stomped about trying to grab Mommy, Daddy, and my baby brother Benjamin, who flailed at the greasy monster with his tiny fists. But in the end, I saved my family with a scientific potion that I had tucked inside my detective's hat and turned the giant hamburger into a regular-sized hamburger and ate it. I was enjoying the last bite when suddenly I was poked repeatedly. I thought perhaps it was the missing French fries, because what was a hamburger without fries? But instead, it was Oreo. Reluctantly, I cracked open one bleary eye, noting it was 5 a.m., and hoping to return to a new dream where I might find a strawberry milkshake. But Oreo stood impatiently next to my bed. Yes, I croaked. Now, one might think he was going to tell me there were no more donuts, or demand to know where Mommy had hidden the chocolate cake. Instead, he proceeded to ask me, and trust me when I say I cannot begin to tell you where this line of questioning came from. But he wanted to know why people were born young and grew old when they really should be born old and grow young. I blinked sleep-filled eyes at him and promptly assured him we would investigate aging in reverse, which Mommy frequently mentioned, before blissfully falling back to sleep. At 5.15 a.m., Oreo woke me up again. This time he asked me why lasagna was called lasagna when it really should be called spaghetti cake. I told him, as I did the last 14 times he had proposed this change, that he had always called it spaghetti cake and that he should start a spaghetti cake movement if he wanted it changed from lasagna. He nodded eagerly and promptly plunked on his tubby bottom to start his campaign. Again, I went back to sleep until 5.30 a.m. when again I was awoken by Oreo, who explained that the word knees 
made no sense, and that knees should really be called leg knuckles. I couldn't even bring myself to reply. Leg knuckles really did make more sense. At 5:45 a.m., Oreo woke me to ask why Daddy had a headache. To which I asked him if he had been waking Daddy up to ask him questions, like he had been doing to me. Oreo nodded. I sighed and attempted to go back to sleep, but somehow I knew more was coming, and I was right. At 6 a.m., Oreo tapped me in the middle of my forehead. Yes, I groaned. This time he told me that Audrey, you know, his purple stuffed dragon, had thrown an ice pickle into Stinker Bell. Now I had no choice. I sat bolt upright in bed. Two things concerning me: one, Stinker Bell was what Oreo called the bathroom, and two. Anything involving Audrey usually always involved Daddy getting a red face. Oreo shifted his head to look out my bedroom and down the hall, where I spotted a light shining from the bathroom. This wasn't going to be good. Do you mean? I didn't get to finish the sentence as I heard Daddy bellow, "Oreo!" Oreo and Audrey, the ice pickle thrower, ducked underneath the covers with me. Ice pickle, I later found out, was a green popsicle. And while the popsicle melted midway down the toilet, the popsicle stick did not. All morning, Daddy's muttered words drifted out from the bathroom as he proclaimed his new job was going to be at some place called the Looney Bin, where he most certainly would get more peace. Mommy just laughed. Oreo, however, was unaffected and worse, just getting started. I found him in various places in the house. On top of the couch, on top of a lamp, on top of a ripe watermelon while eating a donut, and the most unlikely of places, on top of Daddy's head. I was flustered, but Mommy nearly fell over with laughter as Daddy demanded Oreo get off his head. But in typical Oreo fashion. He refused and continued to hold a one-sided conversation with Audrey. There was no choice. I had to step in. Oreo, I said, nothing. Oreo, nothing. Oreo. Oreo cast a sideways glance at me and then slid off of Daddy's head, smashing fur into his face before marching down the hallway and muttering to Audrey that I was loud. I followed and sat down on the floor next to him. What has gotten into you today? Does this have anything to do with spaghetti cake?
It took a moment, and if you remember all the things Oreo woke me up to ask, you too will be confused. But he said he had been perplexed all day. When I asked why, he told me that he didn't understand why the sun hid from him every night. He would wait around for it to return, but always got tired and fell asleep. So he never knew how it was there when he woke up. Oh, Oreo, the sun doesn't hide from you. I rubbed him on top of his furry head and pulled him into my lap. It hides from all of us. He stared up at me, his eyes wide. He thought he was the reason the sun ran away. He wanted to know where it went, and in that moment, I too wondered, where did the sun go every night? I smelled a mystery. We spent the day pacing up and down the hallway, passing each other midway to see if we had come up with anything. But we hadn't, and so we paced. Then we went to the playroom to ask Ken and Barbie, but they were out walking their dog Taffy, so they were no help. We then took a dance break. Once we were exhausted, we fell to the ground, the tops of our heads touching, as they always did when we were unraveling a mystery. I stared at the ceiling, suddenly picturing planets in my head, and then I sat upright. Mr. Peabody! I exclaimed. Mr. Peabody was an astronomer at the Space Museum. He had been so helpful when we had been trying to solve the blue sky mystery. He knew all about space and what went on in it. We dashed upstairs and begged Mommy to call Mr. Peabody. We had questions only he could answer. Mommy. Always a good co-agent called the Space Museum. Mr. Peabody, I said, this is Cheery Cleary. Ah, the Ace Detective. Six-year-old Ace Detective, I replied, feeling it needed to be said. Yes, indeed, and my most inquisitive science friend. What can I do for you today, Cheery? Well, Oreo and I want to know why the sun hides from us every night. Where does it go? Mr. Peabody chuckled. The sun doesn't hide from you. It always stays in its position at the center of our solar system. It only appears to hide because of the Earth's rotation. Which makes one complete turn towards the east every 24 hours. So the Earth is moving, not the Sun. Yes, and as the Earth rotates, different locations on Earth pass through the Sun's light. As our town turns towards the Sun and begins to enter its light, the Sun reappears. As our town begins to leave the Sun's light, it 
disappears. Daytime is when you can see the sun from where you are, and its light can reach you. Nighttime is when the sun is on the other side of the earth from you, and its light doesn't get to you. At any moment, half of the world is in daytime, and half is in nighttime. Oreo and I stared at each other, wide-eyed, as we plunked to the floor to look out the window at our rotating planet, as Mommy thanked Mr. Peabody for his help. Oh, isn't it amazing, Oreo? This place we live in is just so fascinating, so many mysteries to solve. Oreo nodded, and a minute later, his head fell on my shoulder, and I heard him snoring. Staying up all night to wait for the sun can take a lot out of a mini panda. So there you go. Cheery Cleary, Ace Detective, has solved another mystery. Always remember the three rules, fellow detectives. Observe, investigate, and find the solution. Nothing to it. Until we meet again, Case 61813, Sundown Mystery, is closed. <laughs>